Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Key. And this week we're looking at Season 2, Episode 11, Seat of Power, in which Frasier and Niles cross paths with their former bullies after a plumbing emergency. So Key, in this episode, Frasier shows off his fancy new Swiss army knife with turquoise inlay, of course. <laughs> Have you ever owned a Swiss army knife? And do you share the love I had for them as a kid? Because I always thought they were really cool. I think they look really cool, but I've never actually had one. I um... You've never actually had handled one and saw how they work i've never had one i've never i don't think i've actually seen one in person I'd, really they're just this mythical thing that cool people have on tv <laughs> cool people have i was gifted one actually like well i say gifted it was like an old uh, it was like a slightly older model by this um this guy i worked with when i was at the garden center and you know we spent a lot of time putting furniture together ripping open cardboard boxes generally you know diy stuff and he had one he's like oh yeah take this and i've still got it in my top drawer it's a little bit rusted and you know the bits don't work as well as they should do but it was a nice little gift to and he didn't need to but um yeah when i was a kid i always thought they were really cool and i remember like i don't know if you've seen this recently but there's a big trend when you go in like high-end whenever you're like in a, a you know a shopping center a shopping mall and you go past like a high-end watch shop they often have a really expensive and fancy swiss army knife in the display amongst the watches i don't know if you've ever noticed that i don't know the connection but i don't think i've ever been anywhere fancy enough to, <laughs> to do that to be honest you've never been peering in a fancy high-end watch shop to maybe not no. <laughs> well there you go okay i'm like i'm like frazier in that i love window shopping there but i'm not like frazier in that i uh, i don't have the money to go and buy them but yeah, can you go in and not like, just sort of test out the swiss army knife, I, I mean, I, <laughs> maybe just like they arrange a few things like here's a can for you to open here's a couple of nuts and bolts you to screw in um here's a cardboard box to cut open i don't know because they're a funny one i feel like i feel like like frazier i mean why does frazier own one for starters we'll get to that but i just think there's something it's all for the was it turquoise inlay turquoise inlay like onyx is so showy (laughs) like i just think you keep it as like a little a trinket don't you to him it's not actually something practical but people that are into camping you know ray mears bushcraft i bet bet he gets a lot of use out of swiss army knife are you allowed to just carry a, like a Swiss Army knife generally? It's or, very good it is a knife, point. isn't it? Yeah, so is I that... imagine. Probably not, actually. I don't know what the laws are in the UK. I'm assuming you can't have anything like that. So, very good question. I'd be, I mean, <laughs> got off, I think it the... went to a strangely strange place there, didn't it? That... <laughs> in the US, yeah. I mean, it might be different. So, maybe uh, any Swiss Army knife owners, please get in touch. We'd love to hear about the inlay that you've chosen for yours. Are you ready to jump into uh, Trivia Corner this week, Kay? Indeed. And by jumping, I, of course, mean tuck in because last week we <laughs> jumped and we've lost the kind of cozy aesthetic that Trivia Corner has established. Um, so we've been sending some questions from Hamish and his usual cadre and uh, Mischief Knight as well. So, Key, I will begin with Hamish's questions for you. Numero uno. Finish this sentence. Roz, can't you keep these blank off the air? I think, is it um, these pimply faced little maggots? Yes, it is. Well played. Referring, of course, to. Uh, well, we'll get to the caller. Um, I have a feeling it's a caller, a celebrity caller I've name dropped quite a lot, waiting for them to arrive because I knew they were. I, at some point. This was one. Um, I knew who it was actually. This is one of the very few times I've actually been able to correctly identify the oh, caller. There you go. So yeah, we will. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, question two: How many times do we see Niles pace up and down on the balcony? Oh, I like this. Oh, God, really? It's like quite a bit a of a it's... bit of a rhythm slash visual question. It's more than I would have initially think. I got instinct seven or eight um mm, could be way off but because i do think it's fairly drawn out as a scene and mm, it is actually it, it went on for much longer than i remember it doing 
Um, but I don't think it loses comedic effect. I think it, it holds up quite well. I think that's real testament to the physical acting. But um, I'm going to say, I'm going to sh- shot in the dark, I'm going to say eight. Eight. I'm afraid, Key. I've got written down six here from our good friend oh, Cam Winston, so I'm going to have to take six. Um, but yeah, it, the scene does go on for longer than I thought, so an interesting one. Uh, third question, what colour is the jacket hanging on the coat rack in Fraser's apartment in the final scene like this? Didn't even know there was a and jacket. And I'll give you a clue. Um, I don't know. The clue seems like it's going to give it away massively. Um, it features in the episode. Turquoise. No, not that's a great no. guess. No, it's uh, it's red because I think it must be Daphne's that she's putting on to go out to the park. Um, oh, and we see her okay. quite it's quite quite bold when she's walking around in the apartment in it. So I'm assuming that's the one it is. Um, okay, so first question from Missy Callis that Hamish has kindly collected for us: What specific item on Fraser's multi-purpose tool? Did Niles take notice of? So there you go, a Swiss Army knife question already. Missy's very much on our wavelength. Which particular tool did Niles comment on? Um, I think I know this, but I don't know if it's actually Fraser or Niles who points it out. Uh, one of them says about a lemon zester. <laughs> that is what I'm looking for, a lemon <laughs> zester. Now that is just amazing. Imagine pulling that out in like a death or die scenario out camping, and you know you show them the lemon zester. That's an excellent question. I'd love Mark. to see that in a in a comedy film. Have someone like cornered by gangsters and then i'm just pull it out and go do you want some more zest your lemon? imagine you actually do some damage you know it's like a sharp blunt object you know in a in a in a, in a bind in an alleyway you never know when the zest is going to help you um <laughs> Nar marsh asks when eddie is looking at fraser eating the scone including the scone fraser is eating how many scones are on the table man oh, i've never God. said the word scone so much in my life it's just again it's a bit of a shot in the dark um <laughs> i think it's either three or four that's what you're saying three or four and Go, I'm going to say four. Oh, you've got it. It's four. <laughs> that is well played, Key. That is excellently done. And finally, what are the four reasons Fraser gives Roz for the guy at the football game hasn't asked her out yet? Really? Okay, like okay. Um, I think one of them is, isn't it just, is he, he's there to watch football? Yeah, and not to cruise for chicks. He could be married. He could be. Be gay, I think. That is one. Now we're looking for the final one. Um, this, is, this one's actually tough to remember because it's kind of similar to one of the others. There's a clue. So it's similar to either there to watch football there because he's gay or marriage. It is similar to one of those. Okay, so if he's okay, is it that he's date? He could be dating someone. He's in a relationship. Yeah, well played, Kate. Kate, that is an impressive haul across trivia corner. There. I'm, how many did you get? You didn't get the coat one. Um, didn't get the pacing one. You, but you got everything else. I mean, that's like you know. Four out of six. That's damn good going. So well played. Thank you. And again, I, I must say this every week, but you'd be great as a um, brought back. Who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> that is your jam. <laughs> Actually, the, the recently I've been listening to the BBC Radio Four Brain of Britain um, competition, which I always love, and it, you can find the podcast episodes on you know wherever you get your podcasts. But the, weirdly, BBC only ever have like five episodes up at once, and they take down the like as they get older, which is kind of crap. I really want to find like an archive, but it's just like twenty-five minutes of pure general knowledge trivia and it's four people pitted against one another so so good um and i think hosting a gig like that would be awesome so um i've got four questions for you this week oh my god what are you doing to me you know me well i like to keep (laughs) i like to keep you guessing you do Um, so question number one Mm -hmm. how old is the caller Ooh, i i I know the first digit is a four i think i have a 
I don't know why I'm drawn to 43. Hey, bang on, mate. Oh, it was 43. That is what I'm talking about, man. Yes. Good start. A great start here. Will is flying, people. I'm He's flying, flying, man. This is why you jump into Trivia Corner. You don't tuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And question number two. Yeah. What car does Niles have? Oh, okay. I know it. It's a Mercedes oh. E320. Yes, it is. Only because I quote this line all the time, the way he says, like, I don't even adjust the clock in my Mercedes E320. <laughs> I think it sounds like a food additive. It does, oh. doesn't it? Like an enum. Got loads really of does. Mercedes E320s in here, mate. It wow. sounds like the kind of thing that would make a child go nuts after eating, like, party rings or something. Question three. Mm -hmm. I think you'll get this one. It's fairly easy, I think. Oh, don't say that. What school did Fraser and Niles attend? Oh, man, this is so annoying because I can remember the moment he says it. Niles says it to, to Danny Creasel and he's like, let me take you back. Um, let me take you back in time. Let me take you back in time. I mean, they're in the bathroom. Um, I know they go to Bryce Academy, but that's that's like, obviously, I think, af after their, the school that they're talking about here. That's like prep school or whatever. Um I feel like it's John something. All I can think of is like Johns Hopkins or um, John Adams or I'm going to say John Adams. Will, Will, Will. Oh, it's Johns Hopkins. Is John Adams Jr. Oh, oh you did it. Oh my word, what's happening? Oh, you are one question away from a clean sweep. Oh, don't even say And you've put four on the table this week as well. People are going to think <laughs> I'm cheating. Okay, fourth and final question of my questions. Okay. What is Danny Creasel's hourly rate? <laughs> oh. I don't think uh, I might know it. Well, I know he says it doesn't. It's when Niles invites him to go into the living room. He's like, it doesn't matter what room of the house I'm in, it's X amount an hour. That's what I'm looking for. I yeah. have a feeling it's 59. Well, can we get some klaxons oh, going off here? He joking. has done it. It's a four clean out of sweep. Four. Oh, man. Four out of four. Okay. That is, that's got to be some kind of record. For me, not for you. You do it every week. <laughs> How do you feel, Will? feel really good i feel like maybe you were slightly slightly more lenient in the questions there they're, they're a good difficulty but i feel like you know you didn't go for the jugular and ask me you know how many currents were in the scone or something like that so you are you are equally as responsible there for that success as i am but thank you very much okay that is wow what a boy to ride into uh asking mischief knights questions i feel very buoyed um so just going over to Corey's questions on reddit i am devastated to say Corey, both of your questions have already been asked um and i've done a very good job of vetting these but we get i have keys questions sent on discord Hamish is sent through Facebook and yours on Reddit and it is a bit of a nightmare trying to vet them all. However, the fact that you guys all operate on the same wavelength is just scary to me. So Corey's questions were, how does Frasier describe Elliot and his friends? Answer, pimply face maggots. And how many scones does Frasier have on the table? Which is obviously four. So yeah, just unbelievable that you, you all work on the same wavelength there. But I'm really sorry we can't ask your questions out this week, Corey. And he only managed to send in two because Hulu is playing up again, which he says, Maybe he needs to see a doctor about that. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll have to leave Trivia Corner this week. Thank you, everyone who sent their questions in. And again, apologies to Corey. And I'm just going to be on cloud nine for the rest of the podcast for my four out of four. Um, it means you've, you've won. You've uh, 100%, mate. I've 100% in it. Um, so, Key, Animation Watch. Can you tell us, please, what the animation was this week? I think. Was it the lift going up? It was, which I've been pretty vocal about in the past. That is only a stone's throw away from having no animation at all. It's not the best one in the world. But there you go. We have... Elliot. Honestly, I can just picture you in the writer's room going, mm, yeah, we could have that as animation, or we could have good animation. <laughs> what should we do? 
there's the truth and the truth <laughs> the animations and the animations uh <laughs> on line three we have elliot i'm just remember just remind me key what was your theory that all the callers are on a certain line was it line four or line two remember I way back line four because it was right from the first episode the first one i heard mm. uh, i had a weird crazy conspiracy theory which has been proved wrong many <laughs> many times yeah but um, those are the best kinds was um line four was my theory line four. those are the best kinds of theories because every time a line four comes up now that's another kind of arrow in your in your what do you call them what do, what do you keep arrows in a, not a fletcher that's one who makes arrows <laughs> a quiver a quiver um another arrow in your quiver for how this conspiracy theory might actually be true at some point but raw is is the caller rory Culkin or is it macaulay Culkin? i thought it was macaulay Culkin. wow maybe it is um one of us should go and check on imd <laughs> i'm gonna go and have a look now uh, i always thought it was rory but i think rory calls in at a different time um who's rory Culkin? rory Culkin's his cousin who's in like um he's actually been in like a lot of really good kind of independent films recently actually he's had a really good he's quite yeah it is it is Macaulay Culkin. Um, I'm, I'm adamant Rory Culkin calls it at some point, but someone will have to let us know. But yeah, Rory Culkin. I, I, one of the Culkins is in Succession on HBO as well. I think that might be Kieran Culkin. Have you watched Succession? It strikes me as a show you'd like. My brother's been talking. Not, no, I've heard. I, I, I think I once read an article with one of the stars of it, and it could have been Kieran Culkin. Yeah, it's meant to be um, really good, so I'm, I'm hoping to get I've that. I've actually so. seen it, though. He calls Frasier Dr. Doofus, which I think is amazing, because that's not a word we hear much in the UK. Doofus, I mean, have you ever heard that used as an insult in like a playground environment? Oh, I feel, that it, I feel calling someone a doofus is like what a 50-year-old man thinks eight-year-olds talk like, <laughs> but not how they actually talk. It kind of reflects back against you, doesn't it? Because it just makes you sound like a moron. You're like, doofus, like, think of a better <laughs> insult. Gotcha, Dr. Doofus. That's a doofus. I love it. It's like, yes, uh, you, you might have got me, uh, Elliot. I love the way Frasier responds to that. After this, we have what I would say is a pretty sexist assumption from Frasier that all Roz wants him to ask is, uh, answer rather, is, you know, do I look fat in those clothes? It's just kind of a rare, for someone who's quite liberal or a limousine liberal, as uh, people have pointed out to us, is the term in the US. Frasier, you know, can occasionally slip into and a slightly negative character traits here. Um, but ultimately you know the joke is he's not a million miles away because roz wants to know if the back of her head looks weird um i think roz has a perfectly normal looking head would you say it's okay i think uh perry Gil the back of perry gilpin's head is lovely no, no, no <laughs> criticisms <That's> not... <laughs> um she she talks actually i remember on a different i, I feel like i can mention this because it's actually like a bit of you know community building here but on another fraser podcast at some point on one of the episodes I remember them. One of the questions they were trying to figure out is at one point Roz mentions he has Seattle Seahawks season tickets, and they were trying to work out how expensive they would be, which presumably it's a lot, and whether Roz would, you know, justifiably have that kind of subscription, that kind of season ticket. But yeah, she's at. She goes to. I think it's the Seahawks. It's it's obviously, it's obviously a sport um, venue yeah, in Seattle. It is at. Seahawks. Yeah, it is the Seahawks. And she has this dilemma about this dude who won't ask her out. I mean, can you even imagine cruising for chicks as Fraser puts? At our own equivalent, which is Villa Park. Can you even imagine doing that? No, I neither, not, but... neither could I because to be honest, no, there's not you know, too many um, chicks as Fraser would put it. At there's the, not. Um, <laughs> there's a, yeah, there's a there's a big surfit. Uh, no, surfit's the opposite word. There's a what's the opposite of surfit where there's there's no deficit yes oh my god sorry it's absolutely chucking it down here it's very cozy to record Looks the podcast horrible i'm in a slightly different room i've gone into the spare room today oh nice 
I'm looking out the window while we're doing this, and it's miserable outside. It's very cosy. The acoustics of the spare room are nice. I'm liking them. Um, but yeah, I, 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 mean, could... I mean to ask, I was a bit worried there might be an echo or something. No, but... no, it was a bit echoey last week actually. Not in like not prolonged echoey, um, and not it wasn't invasive to listen to. I was just like, yeah, it was. I, I, I feel like I should echo because I'm in a desk area and you know, it should like bounce off the wall, but because there's literally a wall like 30 centimeters from my head. But yeah, then we cut back to. Okay, uh, Fraser's apartment. Kind of Eddie, beautifully poised on the table here, watching watching Fraser eat his scone. Firstly, Key, where do you sit on the scone slash scone pronunciation debate? And also, are you a fan of them in general? One, I would, I think I'd say, I've, I've read, honestly, I very, very rarely in everyday conversation actually used the word scone. Likewise, um, I can't remember until today the last time I said it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. I feel like Americans probably think that we um, we use it quite a lot, but it, it doesn't come up in conversation too often. <laughs> It's like quicksand. It doesn't. Yeah. Like we discussed last week. <laughs> um, but I think I'd probably say scone rather than yeah, scone. Yeah, I do as well. And I hate to say it, but I feel like some etymologist at some point has gone back down the years and scone is meant to be the quote-unquote correct pronunciation. But yeah, I, I, I think scones is pretty pretty widespread here in the Midlands. It's such an English thing to do, isn't it? We have a, de a debate about how you should pronounce a word and someone actually goes back in time and works it all out. <laughs> someone exactly calls it the etymologist. <laughs> like, right, come on, sort it out. Um, we got an, well, so we have Fraser's comment earlier, which is maybe slightly sexist. We have another very elitist one here, probably the most elitist comment of the show so far, when he says, oh, you know, I'm a doctor. I have more important things to do in my life than fix a toilet. How does this quote strike you? Um, because I think it's believable for someone like Fraser to say, but it it does it definitely kind of bristles against me a little bit. I mean, what I'd say from this scene, there's two things I'd point out. One, we're seeing both both Daz, uh, Daphne and Roz both trying to impress a stranger in this episode. You know, um, Roz is trying to impress true. the stranger at the Seahawks game with the back of her head. Oh yeah, I never, um, I never made that connection. Daphne also trying to pick up the gentleman who plays frisbee with his Labrador in the park. <laughs> never trust a man who plays frisbee is, is a good, or anyone who plays frisbee. I think is a good rule of thumb. I don't trust frisbeeists. That's a strange line in the sand to draw. <laughs> like, Will is pretty accepting of most people, but if they play frisbee, that's, that's, that's a where strange man. <laughs> a strange man. And again, Fraser is also a bit. He makes a little comment to Daphne as well about yeah. she's playing. She says that he's playing hard to get, and he goes, "Oh, well, I'm glad someone." Yeah, another little barb, like just kind of putting the. Both of them are being very, you know, sex positive. They want to go out and, you know, chase these dudes or get a guy to ask them out. Fair enough. And Frasier, like, Frasier does that every episode with women, and yet he just constantly takes the mick out of Roz and, and Daphne. So you, you're spot on here. Sorry, um, it's a bit strange anyway. for me. The, the Daphne line about going to the park is a bit strange for me just because he doesn't go anywhere at all. There is no follow up to this at all. Yeah, I think in the in the closing credit scene, she like trying to get Eddie to go back out for another walk or something. That's that's it. That's the only callback we get. It, it, it's a funny one. And like, I, I think of the episode when, when her and Niles are together way, way, way down the line. When they, Niles gets jealous of that dude in the park. I wonder. Maybe he's got a same Labrador. Guy. Maybe it's the same guy all those years wow. later, and maybe there's more to it than meets the eye. In which case, that is phenomenal writing. Well it, it really is, man. It really is. But maybe we're, maybe we're giving them too much credit there because that seems like a bit of a stretch. <laughs> but then we get to like the main, the, the main actual episode actually only really starts here with, mm -hmm. um, with the toilet. And I completely agree with you. Fraser is a bit of a... He's not particularly pleasant, let's say, it, in it's this not, scene. It really grinds my gears a little bit here because it's just like... It, 
it just shows how out of touch. I mean, I know that's the point of his character. I know that's why we both love and, and you know, dislike his flaws and why he's a funny character. But he really just doesn't have a clue about the working class in any way whatsoever. And, you know, that is the point of this episode. That's where the comedy arises. But some of these comments are just so pointedly, like, offensive. You know, I'm a doctor, you know. Then he gets his his Swiss army knife out with his turquoise inlay. I've got a question, a little mini trivia question for you here, Kay. Basically, this this kind of gag setup happens a lot, where Fraser and Niles quickly talk over one another, and they're talking over one another to the point where that is the joke. You're not meant to really hear what they're saying, but you can make out what what Fraser says at this point. Can you remember what he says in response to uh, Niles saying Onyx is so showy? Doesn't he disagree? Isn't he like, oh, actually, I think Onyx is great. I, I really really like it. He does. He basically he puts like his hand on his heart and he says, Onyx is a stone that resonates within me. That's <laughs> literally what he says i like this is because they're they're speaking so quickly and unless you're looking for it and i remember because i've always loved this swiss army knife scene i remember going back and looking at this like months ago and thinking what does he actually say at that point and it leads me to think all the instances in the show where people speak over one another like this which is kind of a common farce trope maybe there's some actual funny lines chucked in there that we can we can unpick um yeah, and I go. feel for a writer, you probably have a bit more freedom with those sort of lines. If it is a, um, a, you know, if it goes bust a little bit, it doesn't quite sit as you'd want it to. It doesn't matter because only 5% of the audience is actually going to hear it, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, probably a bit sure. more to try something there as a writer. Yeah, yeah, you definitely have a bit more license, I think. Um, one, my, my next point is is kind of a frivolous one and almost sounds like a point Fraser would make about his own podcast. It's it's a bit... But basically, Martin says, you know, you don't know the meaning of the word self-reliant to the two of them. Now, I just kind of struck a chord with me um, because they both love, as we learn in a later episode, um, Walden by Henry David Thoreau. Um, both of them are huge fans of that book. That book is entirely about self-reliance, so much so much so that I'm fairly certain at least a chapter in it is called that. And the, the kind of New England transcendentalist, which is what Thoreau was and Emerson was, Emerson even wrote an essay called Self-Reliance. So I think that the fact they like, they you know, that episode where they go camping and they, they love... They love the works of Thoreau and, and you know, the idea of living off the land and stuff. But yet he says here, you don't know the meaning of the word self-reliant. So it was kind of kind of ironic, um, extremely niche to, to say the least. But <laughs> I just thought it was just thought it was a little funny, ironic line. But I'm not going to yeah. make you speak to that if you don't want it, because that is extremely niche. <laughs> I just I really like this whole scene. And I think Martin sounds like everyone over the age of 65 that I know mm. who because he, I think he says the line, thank God it's not a national disaster happening or you. You'd be you'd be helpless oh i missed that line and that is something that everyone over the age of 65 whenever i can't do anything or someone a young person can't do anything I always hear an old person go thank god there's not a war happening right now because it should all be finished <laughs> it like, is honestly that is always what the, the kind of fallback is i mean i would say though the way fraser and niles are is very much how our generation are and particularly the, the, every generation subsequently is going to be the same kind of practical trades and skills like this are just not taught anymore um you know i can barely change a tire on a bike if my tire has gone flat you know i i could if i needed to in a, in, a, in a bind not like out on the road you know i need to do it at home like a bucket of water the classic technique where you look for the the bubbles um but like just stuff like that and like you know fixing a leaky you know tap or a toilet it those skills just aren't taught anymore i mean are you even remotely handy in any way like that i am not my 
I've actually got, had no hot water in the flat um, for about two days now because... Jesus, how are you washing? <laughs> I'm having to use the kettle to boil water. Oh my God, that mm. sucks. But basically, whenever I try... Because we had a switch to turn the hot water on. Mm. Whenever you turn that on, the boiler just makes a screaming noise. Oh my um, God. And then I turn it off again. So I've told the landlord and I'm going to have to send someone out. But I have absolutely no idea what's wrong with it or how to fix it. I think I it mean, might be something I to do with the water tank. But yeah. No idea. But I can I can change a light bulb and that's about it. <laughs> I think boilers are fair enough. You mess one of them, they completely blow up and take your whole house out. So, But yeah, I think I think Fraser and I don't particularly judge Fraser and Niles here for not knowing how to fix a toilet. It's not it's not common knowledge. You know, there's probably people I, listening I to think... this that would be able to do it, but I'm not in that. I, I think if you went into most workplaces and when the toilet's broken, what do we do? Look at you and go, well, we'll have to call someone, won't we? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the modern crop of like, office workers would be like, yeah, let's just call a plumber. I mean, that's why tradespeople exist, you know, because they're they, they're great at what they do and they've learned these, they've taken the time to learn these skills that the rest of us have not. Um, and, you know, more power to them, I think. Um, I think that's something we see in this episode is that Fraser and Niles put them down quite a bit. They talk about having superior genes and yeah, really uncomfortable line that. Yeah, not good. Yeah. But what we really see in this episode is that it's just a different kind of intelligence, and the Creasels have something that they don't, which is yeah. why um, you know Danny Creasel is now driving the the S class Mercedes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the big Mercedes. Um, that's a really <laughs> good point, actually, and particularly with Niles, the fact that he and Danny reach that level kind of playing field at the end and they have that tete-a-tete -tete. um maybe kind of undoes the, the the kind of the flaws i'm picking in the episode a little bit um because they they do reconcile and niles perhaps realize he was being really elitist and, and aloof frazier sadly does not have the same reconciliation with uh the beast is loose <laughs> but we'll, we'll get to that one thing i would just wonder about mm. In terms of Fraser and Niles and their pomposity at the start yes. of the episode, do you think any part of that is them um, trying to cloak themselves in their own intellect because they know they can't do it? They're trying to make themselves feel better by looking down on it and saying, oh, well, if I can't do it, it's because it's not worth doing, not just because I can't do it. I, th I, think, that's, I think that's spot on. I think that's, yeah, that's probably exactly what they're doing. Um, the idea is if something, yeah, if they can't do something, it's beneath them, I think is a pretty running gag in the, uh, in the show, actually. I think of like later episodes like with maybe with the bike riding or motor skills where they you know go to a shop class yeah i think i think that is what they're doing i think it's a bit of a defense mechanism but it just doesn't always land in the way that you know part of it is defense and part of it is also they probably do hold those views you know they do think highly of themselves when compared to like a common trades person so it's a, it's a really interesting dynamic i think and particularly the way that's drawn out near the end of the episodes is great i mean this is a this is a kind of stranger point i've made here and it's probably again just mo Sometimes when you watch an episode, I can watch it one week, and then when I watch it again the next week, I'm hearing things differently, and pronunciations and acting and stuff are like on a, a slightly different frequency. So this could just be me. But I felt like Niles's delivery and his general, particularly in the first half of this episode, it feels like he's speaking far more formally than usual, and it led me to think that this is an episode that was recorded maybe earlier than previous ones we've seen. I've got no evidence for that, and I could be way off, but I just felt like it felt a bit like David Hyde Pierce hadn't fully assumed the Nas character at this point. He was still being very formal, particularly the way he's like, you know, hello, Frasier, when he opens the door and stuff, like when he's speaking to, da uh, to Maris on the phone as well. I don't know. Did you did you pick up on anything here? Am I kind of just barking up a, 
a, a strange tree, a vicus plant. It's weird you say that, actually, because I know I'm jumping ahead slightly here, but um, I actually thought the same of Danny Kreisel. I thought Danny, um, what's his name, the actor? Um, oh, the guy who plays Dr. Cox. Uh, John Scrubs. McGinley. Yes. Who I really like as an actor, but I thought there were little points of his delivery that were a bit strange and a little bit, although I don't know, they felt a bit forced in places. No, I completely get that. I think he in this episode is is not, I mean, I like him as a character and I'm glad he's in the episode, but yeah, acting wise, he's not fully up to snuff, as in my opinion. Um, some of the deliveries, especially when he's in the living room with Niles. However, I mean, I'm not going to get there just yet, but I will say this, and this is a pretty amazing accolade I'm about to give out, but he is responsible for my favourite line in the entire show of Frasier. And I'm confident saying that for the entire 11 series, he has my favourite line. We'll get to that. There's a little teaser, but we'll get there in a minute. Yeah, that's certainly a teaser. It's quite a teaser. But yeah, no, I completely get that. And so I'd be interested to see if people thought the same about Niles. Um, To me, it just kind of seemed like he was being, kind of feeling out the character a little bit. So... But for I mean, me, I don't know... Sorry, you carry on. I was going to say, for me, I don't know if maybe I didn't pick up on it as much because of McGinley's performance. Is perhaps I focused a bit more on that and therefore didn't appreciate Niles' delivery quite as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get to that, of course, we do have this really quite strange... I really like it, but it's a bit strange. The, um, the phone call from Maris when they're in the bathroom. Why is there a phone in the bathroom? I mean, who doesn't? Why, why not, mate? Honestly, why there's not? a lot of things in that bathroom that I'll get to. And I'm like, what the hell is that? But yeah, you carry on about this phone call. Uh, um, we see the um, the sexual side of Maris. Which is not She's... something we see often. I mean, other than Voyage <laughs> of the Damned, I can't think of an episode where Maris is particularly sexualized. Oh, no. Um, but I just love Nars' confusion. It's actually <laughs> seems to be getting aroused in my, my attempt at manual labor. <laughs> the only thing I find strange is that then she does it with Frasier when yeah, he takes really weird that is and it's very underplayed like Niles would surely be like what you know what's she doing that with you as well yeah and what what and then obviously the amazing line as well like Maris I'm holding some sort of wrench <laughs> the way he says yes. wrench <laughs> absolutely amazing but yeah for starters can you imagine the conversations that must take place on that phone because presumably it's when someone's sitting on the toilet for a prolonged period of time and I'm guessing you know they're not just sitting there for the bit so I would not want <laughs> be called from that phone um, I mean, have you ever answered the phone while i've been in the bathroom because i never have i literally did it last week um i basically i'm, com- I'm comfortable saying that um i was you know i was in the bathroom i won't say anymore and uh someone rang because we just ordered a bunch of like flooring for the the living room in the kitchen um that's going to be put down the guy was like just checking all the details with me which is really weird i've never bought off a website before and then they call you to check everything was fine it was kind of a above and beyond customer service however he then tried to hard sell me things that i hadn't bought already like oh yeah i see you bought this kind of underlay we really recommend you get the pro version like yeah i'm, I'm, I'm fine with what i have but yeah i was on i was you know in the bathroom quote 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 um on this call and i was just like you know i felt like saying listen mate you can hear my voice is echoier than it should be why don't you call back when i've finished um but in the end you know it was uh, it was pretty harmless, but yeah. So you you've never done that? No, I don't. I don't think I have. I've um. You should, mate. It's it's strangely liberating. No, but I mean, 
working from home mm. um, and obviously having to have my mobile on me all the time, I was about to go to the bathroom once and um, someone called me and I went, oh, we'll have to answer the phone. I had to walk out the bathroom again. Oh, no. So you're basically with your phone on you at all times. You're kind of living in a minefield every time you want to use the bathroom. It's a strange one. Yeah, yeah it's a funny. I think a lot of people are suffering from that with work from home at the moment. Um, I'd be interested to see how people handle <laughs> when nature calls. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, my, my bullet, next bullet point was literally just a phone in the bathroom for about 10 question marks. The delivery of Frasier here. All right. We are ready to flush. <laughs> Unbelievable. Kelsey's face is also kind of terrifying and also hilarious. He doesn't look like Kelsey when he says that line. It's the way he's kind of looking up in a specific way and, yeah, kind of takes on a slightly uncanny appearance his face of it's it's a hilarious line i really love i love the build up as well the way he's on about the, the glorious tradition of amish the amish raising and, <laughs> and all coming together for a simple goal and he just looks up as he looks like a, a fervent believer who's just everything he believes in he's finally been proved to be true and he like, really Cut. does like he's had an epiphany <laughs> um the well, I was gonna say something. Yeah, so when I was um I was in like a seminar actually, probably like two years ago now, and something came up in an article that was very reminiscent of like Amish barn raising, and I, I mentioned that, and uh, people people were like, oh, how do you know about Amish barn raising? And I literally said it's because of some random quote in a Fraser episode. Um, obviously, I didn't say, oh, it's from Seat of Power, because none of them would have been like, what the hell is that? <laughs> but I was like, oh yeah, from a Fraser episode, they mention it. See, so there you go. Fraser does bleed into a. Uh, into everyday life and it can it can learn you a thing or two the bit after they get out of the toilet after it's after the bathroom after it starts flooding um and kind of all going to hell you know where are your amish friends now they're sitting in the in the living room it's montrachet time as, as kelsey as fraser says the amazing monologue from niles about by hiring a plumber he can now afford say a dolly parton album <laughs> and then like i show she can afford to tour in seattle and a show promoter's cross-dressing son will come to us for 150 dollars an hour therapy it is just incredible writing that's got to be one of the highlights of this episode i think yeah and it, i love i really like it when writers take something small and then go big and then come back to and they show that you know that circle of life and things like that and how well yeah. thought out it is i, I really like that the, um, the joke and, just kind of keeps escalating as well doesn't it with like Niles, this little thing You're like oh maybe he's going to end after dolly Parton album and it keeps going also love how quickly they've just given up because i know they've been in there like seconds. 10 minutes yeah 30 seconds ago they're going it's glorious we've done this and then <laughs> they have to run out because it's overflowing and all of a sudden it's oh well i've got my wine it's um we got more daytime drinking it really is a problem in that in that apartment for sure <laughs> at this point dr cox arrives very casually leaning on the door frame somebody order a plumber um not the best line he was given there i mean that's not what a plumber says when he opens the it door it feels a bit like a, a stripper gram or something it like that <laughs> it really does oh my god completely forgot yeah that's exactly what it sounds like maybe that's why it was so weird just imagine him coming in like flinging a jacket over his shoulder and going i have some sort of wrench <laughs> <laughs> throwing his toolbox across the room oh my god that's insane that's exactly what he sounds like great observation key i mean the bit now niles has his realization that that's danny creasel um and he kind of relives all the bullying that he he went through um and i don't particularly want to make light of the bullying even though it's made up in this episode and you know, bullying in general is is 
absolutely awful. And I, that's why I didn't ask you at the beginning, you know, oh, okay, have you ever had experience of that or not? I mean, I'm fairly certain that you and I have kind of had a pretty, you know, smooth ride in terms of that through school. But, you know, for a lot of people, it can be life ruining. So I'm not making light of bullying at all. But Niles' physical acting when he starts chanting, there goes Crane down the drain is just amazing. Right? He's like grabbing the chair and Frazier grabs him. And also weirdly reminds me of the episode where he, he sinks the basketball shot and like he won't stop going on about it. He's like, well, I'm the one that's so, uh, drained it from downtown. <laughs> you know, like we have Niles and the word drain having two very different meanings. But yeah, I mean, I just love Niles' physical acting here. I, I absolutely love it. I, and then the second, I mean, as we, we've said, I don't think this is John McGinley's best performance. No. But- I do love, from the second he comes into it, I just love the relationship between him and Niles and, and how David Hyde Pierce carries that off. Because it's really good. There's a few things out of this. One, I love the fact that he calls he called it a swirly, as though no one's ever called it that before. Yeah, oh, that's I completely didn't make a point of that line, but that is something I've noted when I've watched this episode before. Like That is the term for it. It's really annoying. Um, I also love, as, as you say with him, going, there goes Crane, down the drain. And the way he just... He's like once he started saying it, he can't stop himself, and he's, he's just like in a trance, isn't he? Um, and I love, and then I absolutely love the bit about opera when he's on about. Yes, that that's all great, but um, <laughs> just chop him any opera plots. <laughs> Ludwig doesn't, you know, have his old family poisoned and then just live well to get back <laughs> at him in the second act. I think living well is the best revenge is a is a pretty good mantra to have. Um, but yeah, that opera that opera bit's hilarious. Just want to go back to what you just said then about um the the swirly line because I caught a an episode on TV the other day, which is the one where he, he first meets Mel um, the, the plastic surgeon. And when he's in her office, she's got a Picasso on the wall. And forgive me if I mentioned this the other week. I feel like I may have. Um, so stop me if I did. But uh, he says, oh, is that a Picasso? I'm a, and Noel says, I'm a big fan of his cubist period. And I, I, I mean, that's like saying... Uh, Oh, you know, seeing a skyline of New York and saying, oh, I'm a big fan of the Empire State Building. Like, Picasso is renowned for cubism. I know he did other things, but cubism is 90%, 99% of what people associate with Picasso. And it's just, it felt like a really weird line from writers who were like, obviously very versed in art and literature and stuff. It would have been much better if he'd said, I'm a big fan of Picasso's, you know, blue period or something. You know, I think that was a period he had. I don't know. Just again, I like the swirl early line it's it's a weird it was just a weird one where i'm like it's a bit of a redundancy but i mean that episode is a long way away from now so we'll get there eventually hey that's sort sort of a joke works when it's a character who knows nothing about art yeah exactly you're stating the obvious but you think you sound really clever when you're doing it Exactly, whereas Niles isn't stating the obvious. He's trying to make an informed point, and he would know about Picasso, so that's why it's so strange. And, you know, to do a service to Frasier fans, I think I think 75% or whatever, at least, of Frasier fans would know Picasso and Cubism. You know, it, it's a show geared towards people who are interested in those kinds of things. So, yeah, completely agree with you there. Uh, John McGinley actually has a fantastic line at this point. This isn't my, my ultimate pick, but it is a great line. When... He he says to Martin, he's like, you're not going to charge me for a used part, are you? And he's like, what are you, the plumbing police? <laughs> it's such a simple joke, but it really makes me laugh. I like him and Martin in this scene. Absolutely love Martin in this scene. <laughs> Again, 
This is if if um, a tradesman came round to my house and my granddad was here. That was all my my granddad would just stand there going, "How old's that then? Is that, is that new? Because <laughs> you're, you're charging, charging for a new part." <laughs> so good, so good. And then obviously Niles' interactions with him when he comes in, it's like it's only money. The way he kind of like pokes around that little wall and looks down at, at, at Danny Crazy, it's hilarious. The way he says Mercedes E320 is insane that's why i remembered it for trivia because it's just one of the funniest lines i yeah, love just the, sorry you carry on i love the way he just goes you have the big mercedes have the big yeah mercedes. suddenly he's like his knowledge of models and kind of classes goes out the window and he's just like yeah he's like a kid again isn't he? he's like you have the big mercedes um <laughs> like the way john mcginley's delivery here as well is you know then we got the s class the way he says some of the lines it's very like it feels like he's never auditioned for this part before like he's just come in to, to like he was it meant to be a stripper grab and then ended up having to become a character i mean again referencing to bullies like i'd rather you be a bully than one of those wussy kids i mean obviously i think we're meant to take umbrage with that that's just the kind of person he is but i think this would take on a, this kind of episode would be very hard to swallow i think if you were a parent and had a kid who maybe was having a hard time in school i mean i don't know how do you what do you think about that i find it quite strange because interesting is that we, i think the episode implies that danny's son is getting bullied at school by because he says about some big jerk on the football team yes yeah oh yes yeah. so the kind of the roles is re the roles reversed a bit here we also find out at the end of the episode that nothing danny did was good enough for his father mm. do you reckon there's some element there between danny and his son that you know, he he his son and him maybe don't have i mean he does say that it's a great kid um so yeah. maybe they, they do have a good relationship but the fact that he wants his son to you know get into fights and to be the, the tougher guy sort of thing yeah that's I mean, a great shout it's just something I, I picked up on but um no i, I completely agree yeah i think i think there's uh that that kind of cyclicality that comes in with the end with him like you know in the impromptu therapy session with niles on about his dad i think yeah i i i kind of miss that a little bit but yeah i think definitely that it's kind of a generational thing and not really something that gets explored with Frasier and 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 Frederick too much. Frederick's probably not in it enough to have storylines where we look at things like that. I mean, obviously, there's the scene where he becomes a goth. The episode where he's a goth and obviously very disapproving of Frasier. Frasier's very disapproving of that. But yeah, and I think it's a really good show. Obviously, after that particular interaction, Nars has his you know rampage on the balcony and attacking the vicus plant which i think is that kind of weird almost looks like a very big bonsai tree um got like a little ball of kind of topiary green stuff niles is just going crazy he's flinging himself around and then then he comes in there's a bee out there the size of a can you remember what the bee was the size of a wood finch yes i mean i'm quite you know over lockdown in particular we've had loads of birds in the garden like i've seen more kind of different types of birds this year than i think i've ever seen i don't know what a wood finch looks like and actually it's kind of like a probably a little cute little little bird thing are you, are you into bird like watching at all so, I, I am not into bird watching. you're not I, I think it's a very it's a very relaxing pastime i can see why people are very into it you struck me as somebody would be it just be there's a pigeon and there's another pigeon <laughs> <laughs> That's where it ends with you. Um, I, um, I really do love David Harpierce's physical comedy here. And I love the way that, I mean, as much as he's hitting the Ficus plant, he's kind of just like tapping it very slightly. He's not really... Yeah, he just it. gives it a flick as he walks past. Like, I do that when I walk past a bush. Like, you know, if I'm walking somewhere and there's a bush hanging over the pavement, I'm going to give it a tap. You know, that's... I think that's that's human nature to tap, you know, things like that. But um, there's also one other thing. I've, I've got the description in front of me here. Um, yeah. I didn't pick up on this when I was watching the episode, but apparently when Niles comes back in and they go to the kitchen, yeah, 
Only Daphne looks through the telescope looking for the man with the Labrador at the park. Oh, what? That's what a... the KACL script says. That that's a brilliant. We'll have to go back and verify because we have said in the past KACL takes some liberties. Um, but that's a really great shout and makes sense. I think I feel like there are sometimes things like that that happen in the background that we miss that are like really really interesting. So that's that's a great shout actually. I mean, it's very believable. I've got no reason to to think someone's someone's made that up on KACL. So, um. I mean, I wanted to ask, this is a pretty broad question, Kane. You're probably going to probably have a pretty quick answer for it. But is there, you know, any anyone in your life that you ever wanted to find this kind of closure with? Have you ever felt that kind of rage at, at any one individual? And you can speak hypothetically. You don't have to give any names. But I mean, have you ever felt this pent up the way Niles is about Danny Crazel, do you think? Not in the sense of like a childhood thing at school or mm. anything like that. I, um, as you said, I never got bullied at school. I had a pretty easy ride of it. Which we're grateful for. If anyone ever well, bullied you, Kate, I'd have smacked them into the ground. <laughs> and well, vice you. versa, you would have hit anyone who bullied me. <laughs> or or got out your turquoise Swiss army knife. I've done is I'd have hit them by, by, at the back of the head when they couldn't see me and then just go, run, Will, run! Run, Will, the beast is loose! <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, I mean, the people I've ever had a huge argument or a big falling out with, mm. I'm just like, okay, that relationship is done and we're moving on and I'm never going to speak to him again. That's, I don't I don't need closure. I'm, we're, we're close. Wow, you just burn your bridges, scorched earth policy and all that. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Man, I, I hope we never thought that, okay, this podcast would be a nightmare. Um, that's fair. That's fair play. I think, you know, people deal with these things in different ways um, and you probably have so so infrequent are your kind of arguments with people that it's probably pretty in inconsequential and you end up, you know, deleting these people from your life. But at this point, actually, we have the arrival of you know another person who someone wants closure with in this episode which is billy grazel do you know what famous 90s comedy this guy is from because this is all i know him from um i have a feeling you'll have seen the film just wanted to mm. test your knowledge i don't recognize i've seen the actor's name on the script but i don't recognize the name what is his but name is it kind of like an italian american name it's a bit of a stripper ground name it's mike star Wow, Mike Starr, not Italian American at all, but definitely Stripper Grab esque. Um, but yeah, you, you can't think of the 90s film he's from. Oh, I think I mean, so. He does ring a bell when I like hearing him speak and things like that, but in terms of. No, no film is jumping immediately to mind, so I'm mm. going to have to bow to you on this one. I believe he is in Dumb and Dumber. Um, and he's the guy that like they end up giving a lift, and I can't remember if he's like they think they meet him at a diner or something, or he's after them. I think he, I think he's basically one of the main antagonists of the film. But I know for sure it's been so long since I've seen Dumb and Dumber. But he's definitely in there like dog van with them at one point. Um, he's like this big kind of you know threatening guy, whereas Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels are both like you know weedy and pathetic. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he's he's slightly better at John than John McGinley in kind of being believable. Like there's something about him that's kind of oafish and annoying, and you know you can see that this guy in the, in his younger years was a real piece of work at school. I think it's much easier to buy that he was a bully than it was Danny Crazel, which I think which I think is interesting. I'm gonna put you at your misery now, okay? Because we can get to the my favourite line of the entire eleven seasons of Frasier, which is when Danny and Niles are having their little uh, heart to heart in the living room, and he asks Niles, "Weren't you the one who bought his gym shorts in an attaché case?" Um, the <laughs> and then the way Niles goes, it was a valise. The way they both deliver those lines. We the kid who used to carry his gym shorts in an attaché case. <laughs> 
It was a valise. <laughs> I don't know what it is about them in particular, but I remember them from the first time I ever saw this episode. And they are, it's its my favourite line. And well, I, I guess lines, because you have to include Nars' retort. But yeah, the idea of Nars taking his, his PE kit in an attaché case is absolutely amazing to me. So... There you have it. I absolutely love Danny's response um, in this little this little dialogue mm. um, when he goes, "Well, let's face it. When you show up at school wearing a tweed blazer with elbow patches and carrying a valise, I mean, I think the guilt here is 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> the guilt here is fifty-fifty. That I is love so it. So good. I really just the way because his eyes widen a little bit as he says it, and he's like looking at silver. I just it's I really love that line. It's, and the way he kind of like gestures to his chest and points at Nars, like you can see he's really like offended, like he really can't <laughs> reconcile, like why shouldn't i be bullying someone who carries a valise um just yeah that is just amazing writing um so believable as well for, for a young niles then we have you know the excellent heart to heart we have danny kind of talking about the relationship with his father and how he was never quite good enough and you know that kind of turbulent relationship there and then <laughs> and then niles saying you know you, i have to thank my brother it was him that said you know civil being civil is always the best course of action and then we just hear Frasier charging down the hole. Run, Niles, run. The beast is loose. And Billy, uh, yeah, Billy agrees with chasing after him. Um, it's a great little bit of slapstick, I think, to kind of almost bring, obviously it's not the very end, but it kind of brings the episode to a close. And I believe Frasier has given Billy a swirly, if I'm not mistaken. He calls it a swirly. He calls it a swirly. <laughs> but that is what's been happening back there. Um, it's kind of a shame we never get to see it happen, but do you think it would have been like too violent for Frasier? Because like, a swirly is... It's almost like almost drowning someone, and I just think, w would that be a step too far to show that kind of violence in a PG slash twelve? I don't know. Absolutely, I think as well. I imagine it's quite logistically difficult to shove someone's head in a toilet. Yeah, so I, I, I just I think it's probably one of those things that's funnier off screen than seeing him actually try to do it. I think seeing him do it would have been really uncomfortable and just a bit like, uh, you know, you're basically drowning someone until you stop doing it and then, you know, then what's the point? But yeah, I mean, Billy Creasel's one, he's a big guy. He's got a big head, you know, and two, the logistics, you've got to hold him down with one hand and he's a bigger guy than Fraser. I mean, Fraser's no slouch. Um, and then he's got to flush the toilet with the other hand. So obviously, because that's the point, you've got to flush, otherwise there's not there's not enough water to, to, to swirl them. I mean, I, I just don't see Fraser being able to hold down all of Billy Creasel with one hand so you know if if he has done it in this episode it's a fair play he's a strong guy we you know give him credit where it's due i love how happy martin is when he kind of him and him and fraser are actually fixing the toilet the fact that marty can do it all along kind of undoes the entire plot of the episode but that's besides the point why yeah so yeah did that even occurred to you actually that's kind of struck me why why do they call a plumber when marty can clearly do it on his own i would say i just wanted the point i just wanted to go back to just before to that yeah do you think this episode shows niall to be the better psychiatrist oh massively so yeah yeah, yeah. i think i think i think so. niall's is the way he teases it out of danny creasel but also is danny slightly easier to work with than billy i feel like danny's kind of set up to be more forthcoming i don't know he, billy basically has like 10 lines and all of them are just like oh and then we did this and then we did that like i don't know but i i think i think i agree with you i think he does 
he's the best psychiatrist. I, real flashbacks here, I think, to Fraser Crane's day off when he's when he's going, let it out, Danny, let it out. Um, <laughs> I'm getting flashbacks. Yeah, that she loves you. He loves you. <laughs> he loves you. <laughs> can you, can you do it? <laughs> I love he comforts Danny at the end because Danny's like, this was the only thing I was ever good at. And he's like, you were the best. <laughs> <laughs> you were Absolutely the best. love it. That is um, so but, good. Getting back to your point, Martin could do it all along. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a valid point. I think for them... They wanted to show that they didn't need to go to Martin. And I suppose that in a sense, the fact that they can pay someone else to do it, in a sense, the fact that they're in a way showing self-reliance because they don't need their dad, they can mm. get it done even if they're not doing it directly. I find it strange that Martin, who is quite a frugal guy, you know, he, he doesn't really like them wasting money. And it's, and it's two guys on golden time. <laughs> Which Niles, because it's not his money and not his house, is very quick to agree to. It's yeah, like, exactly. It's only money. It's, it's only money. money. <laughs> so, and given, and you know, given that Martin as well was giving him a hard time about parts, I find mm. it quite strange that Martin has just sat by and let all this happen. Yeah, mm. it's a funny one. In fact, the setup of having Niles there for this episode at all is weird. There's no reason for Niles to be there. Like, I know maybe Fraser calls him for some moral support when they initially want to do the, the toilet and try and fix it themselves. Beyond that, you know, Niles doesn't need to stay there for the whole day. Like, if in real life, you'd be like, oh, okay, we couldn't do it. Call a plumber. I'm off. See ya. But Niles stays in the apartment. So it's kind of, yeah, I guess logistically, it's a bit weird. There's a couple of things going on here that raise a few eyebrows. But, um, you know, oh, oh, I want to end on my final bullet point key, which is slightly frivolous, as they usually are. What the hell is that lounging chair we see in the bathroom? Um, do you recall seeing this? It's like a, it's like a, it's like a sun lounger recliner. In, in the middle of the bathroom and it's like black leather what the hell is that I'm gonna be honest I didn't know what half the stuff was in the bathroom it's a I just weird saw setup, a thing man. it's a very strange I mean, it's a lovely bathroom but it's very strange I feel it's like it's strange. I feel like it's modified in later episodes because obviously we can't see the bath in the way it's set up in this point and the bath becomes a pretty central focus in in other episodes like radio wars and stuff like that um, but yeah there's this big black like lounger and it's got like an arm on the side of it like almost like a, a mic boom where maybe something slots in um almost looks like something maybe you'd have like a, a, a makeover on or a mass not a, excuse me not a massage in particular but like a pedicure or a, i don't know but it was really really bizarre so if anyone's got any thoughts on what the hell that chair is um please please let us know um is this episode in your top 10 key well um okay no it's not in my top 10 okay however i do when i was watching this i forgot how much i really really liked this episode i think it's a really really strong episode oh, i couldn't agree more it's not in my top 10 but it's so strong if we had a top 20 it'd probably be in there yeah i think, I think it's, it's just got it's got a bit of everything it's got the right level of fraser niles and martin particularly the two brothers it's got interesting characters side characters that come in for that episode only just yeah i think it, i think it, and it's got a lot of gags there's a lot of really funny lines in this the dolly parton one the Montrachet, the Valise, um, the, you know, I believe are ready to flush. There's a lot of really great stuff stuff here. The only person who's sold short is Ross, who is like in it for one minute and is just given a really kind of crappy, typical Ross line. Um, I mean, for me, the only things that let it down ever so slightly, and it is only ever so slightly, hmm. I think Ross and Daphne, I don't really get 
I mean, certainly Daphne's whole bit, I don't really get her with the, the park. It, it falls a bit flat for me. Yeah, I've, it's um, just a way of maybe getting her out of the apartment or something. Um, it's, possibly, yeah. It's a funny one. No, I'm, I'm with you. And I, I said, I, you know, I really like John McGinn. Like, um, I, just, I don't think this is his finest hour, although he does have some really, really funny lines. I mean, um, but, generally speaking, are you a fan of Scrubs? Because I've only ever seen bits of it, but it's a show part of me wants to sit down and watch, you know, all the way through. Yeah, um, I've seen like the first three to four seasons and I really highly regard the first three I think it's really funny. I think it's got a lot of heart as a yeah. TV show. Yeah, that's what uh, I like, me in, I think. I like that. I know it, it supposedly went very downhill towards the last couple of seasons. And fell I know, like, season nine, which I think people don't even count, which is when it doesn't even have the main cast in. I think, like, maybe it's meant to end at season eight. But yeah, I, did, I didn't know that it was it was regarded as dropping off, like, in the main show as, as significantly as that. That's interesting. Might be um, I'm just equating season nine with... with possibly, but I, mean, it, but I mean, you know, a lot of the shows that ran on for that long. I mean, even Frasier's guilty of having dips. So, yeah, I mean, Scrubs and, and, and Dr. Cox, you know, they've always, I've always been around them in some way or another. I've always seen episodes here and there, but it's not, not a show I've seen all the way through, like Friends or The Office or Frasier. Your, the title of the episode, Seat of Power, anything for this other than, you know, kind of play on punning a throne and a toilet etc yeah, it always actually reminds me of a mutual friend of ours who always refers to the toilet as the throne wow okay i don't i don't have to name any names i'm trying to remember who that is um there can only be one um and it's someone i had a dream about a few weeks ago with, oh uh, he says the throne does he yeah the amount of times i've had a message from him like oh yeah i'm just going i'm just going to the throne and, um, the and throne. then i'll there speak you to you later the porcelain um, throne as it's sometimes referred to as well i have a friend um, who calls it that in terms of no i mean seat of power just it's just uh yeah I can't think of any kind of obvious literary or film reference that you usually just might go to. Um, I think it just is a pun on thrones, toilets, you know, some people call it. I don't know if that's maybe more of a British thing than an American thing, calling the toilet the throne. It probably would be a British thing, considering we you know, literally have a monarchy, so the word throne gets used a lot more, perhaps, than it does in America. Um, but there you go. Best actor pick this week, Key? For me, I think... Um... I, I think Niles is phenomenal in this episode. I think David Hyde Pierce, the physical acting, the whole delivery, but you know, about his, it was a valise. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, for me, it can only, only be Niles. I have also chosen Niles, David Hyde Pierce, so please tally me up for that. Um, just to give us an update. Um, we still have it. We're going to save it for the season recap, aren't we, with the, the season one episodes we've missed. I think it's going to be really difficult, actually, in, in hindsight, to go back without having just watched the episode. Uh, yeah, we'll have to kind of just be... maybe have a quick browse of the scripts and just remind ourselves of good moments in there or something. Possibly, yeah. But um, in terms of our roundup, again, we're, we're very similar. So, Frasier, we've both gone six times. We've both gone Lilith once and Roz once. Uh, the only difference is that um, we've gone for Martin four times and for uh, Niles four times. Whereas you've gone for Martin three times and Niles five times. Oh, and Niles is creeping up on mine, which is not something I thought would happen. Um, I love Niles, but I, you know, I said a few weeks ago, I was quite vocal about how Frasier is, is my favorite character. So an interesting one. There we go. Thank you, Keith, for reading the tally out. Um, Got to ask you, Kennedy Burling, our man on the ground. What would he make of this episode, please? Kennedy Burling is a man who doesn't trust anyone who can't fix his own toilet. <laughs> you, know, you know Kennedy. He, um, I, th I think he does have the same Swiss Army knife. He, he's got it in the... Uh, 
in Onyx. The Onyx, yeah, he's got it in Onyx. Because, wow. uh, Onyx is so showy. They're not for Kennedy. Not Kennedy. He, he can he can pull it off though, can't he? he can work it. So he can okay. fix basically any appliance in his house with that one Swiss Army knife. Is that what you're telling me? Not just in his house. Anything, ever, anything anywhere, ever. Wow. He, Truly yeah, you, a polymath. <laughs> let me tell you, if you want a lemon zesting, he is your man. <laughs> I think we'll. Uh, I think. <laughs> I think we'll leave it up there this week. Though. Thank you very much. No further explanations needed. If you need lemons zesting, Kenny Burling is your man. Um, who's is it anyway, Key? I have a line prepared for you this week, and it is, of course you are. Who says, of course you are? This is only used once in the episode as well. I try to pick a line that's only used once, otherwise it's ridiculously hard. Oh, God. Um, of course you are. Of course you are. I oh, mean, the way I'm I... pronouncing it isn't necessarily the way it's delivered in the episode. Um, I can't remember how it's said. It could be whispered this for could, all I know. <laughs> could be any of them, actually. I'm not actually... Usually when you say, I have sort of a, a bit of a, a gut instinct. Mm. This one's very be... kind of vague in general, but the fact it's only used once means it's always going to have its kind of specific context. My first thought is maybe it's, it's Frasier and he's saying it quite mockingly. Mm. Um, when um, Elliot calls up, he's like, oh, I'm 43. So, of course you are. Um <laughs> And I can't think of any other time it's it's used or any other context it might fit in. So let's say Frasier, and I'm going to say it's in that first scene at KACL. It is Frasier, and it is in KACL, but it is not the context you've given. But all you've got to give me is the right person, and it's Frasier. So you've got the point key well played. He says it to Roz when Roz says, okay, you're right, I'm being ridiculous. Of course you are. See you Monday. All right. And then the scene basically ends. Okay, you're right. Being ridiculous. Of course you are. See you Monday. All right. I saw that. <laughs> Though Frasier keeps staring at the back of her head. So yeah, he says it to Roz after her insecurities, but you got it. You got that it was Frasier case. Well played. You were uh, clearly on the right wavelength there. All that leaves is to go over to Listener Mail. You ready to hop over Hop over there this week? Indeed, we're jumping, hopping, and tucking this we week. We are, man. It's the most animated podcast out there. Roz, who's our next caller? Okay, so listen to Mal this week. Uh, a lot, uh, quite a few of you have written in. Um, a couple of, I believe, well, maybe one person in particular is a is a first time commenter, Cinnamon Sable, which is of course the the colour that Daphne wants to dye Martin's hair in a in a pre in another episode we haven't seen yet. Um, Cinnamon, if you have commented before, I'm so sorry. Um, it's just your name hasn't kind of rung any bells. Cinnamon Sable writes another fine podcast, gents. Will, I'm impressed by your wasp killing record. Having been stung once or twice, I tend to cower in fear when I see one. Uh, Ray, the cost of the bed that Fraser trashes, it was indeed two and a half thousand dollars. I'd planned to send it as a trivia question, so I had it written down. In all the years I've been watching the show, it never occurred to me that a scene with the two couples that dinner would have been a good opportunity for some fantastic comedy but i totally agree perhaps someone could rewrite the episode with that scene and cut out the last scene with madeline since she doesn't end up sticking around anyway this is obviously in reference to adventures in paradise where we talked about that missing dinner scene which would have been pretty funny as for the naming of members for Frasier, my mind immediately went to the episode Three Days of the Condo, where he specifically mentions the name Puck from A Midsummer Night's Dream, although he was clearly referring to something else. As an ignorant American, I'm not as familiar with Shakespeare's work as I ought to be, so I can't figure speak to how fitting the name is, but given the writer's sly literary references, I'll go with it. I think that's a pretty fair comment, actually, because Puck is it's kind of like a mischievous 
little fairy type thing. So it's it's kind of it's kind of a, a good nickname in some ways. Um, for Kennedy Burling, he strikes me as the kind of guy that would be a big Frank Sinatra fan. So I've got to go with the chairman of the board. <laughs> Definitely not old blue eyes. I love that. Sorry for the long post. Just one more thing. If I decide to do a coffee contribution, could I request a video to see some of Key's stellar dance moves? <laughs> Looking forward to the next podcast already. I think that's in reference, Key, um, to the fact we haven't been on a night out properly together a couple of weeks ago and I mentioned cutting some shapes. Maybe at some point we'll have to organize a dancing video, Key. How does that sound? I think we can try. I feel it'll be a big letdown to everyone just to see me step from side to side and click my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I do as well, man. I just I step from side to side. And I normally tap my thigh like like I'm literally 80 years old. Um, but there I you bob go. my head up and down a little bit yeah, as well. Yeah, you gotta bob the head. You gotta bob the head. But thank you, Cinnamon Sable. Next comment, uh, Sydney Assbasket. Um, Will, is this the second Wasp Kill on the We're Listening podcast? I think it is. I think it is, actually. I can't remember when on another episode, but I do believe one has accosted me in a previous week so yeah i've really got blood on my hands in that respect on this podcast sydney also says um brilliant episode again guys uh fraser blatantly named his penis the forbidden fruit <laughs> it, it's obvious from the line put down the mango my dear it's time you tasted the forbidden fruit <laughs> definitely i mean it's it's a, it's obviously that's what he's referring to i would just I, I wonder whether he's just being that's just another innuendo because the way he says you promise you won't laugh on the sofa i feel like it's going to be something way niche and more more specific than that i feel like that's separate innuendo but i mean the line is open to interpretation and it very well could be that he names it the forbidden fruit so thank um, you sydney that is an excellent observation um so I love, oh yeah you're doing mischief night as well oh yeah i am I was, before we get to that i was gonna say i love um cinnamon sable's response to that maybe mango on a stick was the runner-up <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Maybe it was. You're a brave, brave man if you're calling your member Mango Honest. <laughs> <laughs> Just not appealing at all. Um, next up, uh, Mischief Knight. Uh, you guys are so funny. Love it. Um, Frasier's name, the conductor's baton. I quite wow. like that. <laughs> the conductor's baton. Um, and then uh, Kennedy Burling's, the New England Lighthouse. <laughs> It's, it's quite random and i quite like it that is absolutely excellent i can i can yeah i can i don't want to say i can see that because that just it kind of could just oh, a whole manner of images i don't need um but yeah excellent observations and suggestions for names there from glory um cam winston but another good episode, lads. Not my favourite episodes, the Adventures in Paradise ones, but some good lines in these I do like. My favourite scene is when Lilith is in Marty's chair and Frasier thinks, it, thinks it's Madeline. It's time you tasted the forbidden fruit. So good. Also, when Frasier goes, she's getting married to Marty. Daphne and Nars. To who? Marty replies, someone else. To which Marty's cane goes flying and he forgets about his gunshot wound. Fun fact, Bora Bora is only around 30 kilometers wide and has a population of around uh, 10,000 people. There is also a 700-meter-high dormant volcano in the center of the island, and Bora Bora has zero poisonous insects and no snakes. There you go. And also up the villa, which has become customary from Hamish now. So thank you, Hamish. So cool. I didn't know. Um, I had no idea Bora Bora was so small. Um, it sounds yeah. lovely. It really does. Um, and you can tell the person who lives near Australia because he, he there's no there's no poisonous animals there. It's amazing. <laughs> um, next up, uh, Reclius comment. Uh, so Reclius says, a fine podcast, gent, for what I found to be a lackluster episode. 
I'm usually pretty good with killing flies. Their corpses make fine dining for my fish or Venus flytrap. Wow. Of omitted scenes, one that comes to mind that trumps all others. When Niles and Daphne return to the church in And the Dish Ran Away with the Spoon, it'll be a long time before you get to this episode, so I'll just rant away now. We never see anyone, everyone's initial reaction, especially Roz. She didn't even know Daphne had feelings for Niles. And the day after, when we see her in the apartment, she seems to act like it's no big deal or shock. That missing scene really bothers me, and I think think it could have made a fantastic addition to the episode whilst cutting some unnecessary scenes. Mm-hmm. In regards to the seat of power, uh, she says, uh, this was a fantastic episode, easily one of my favourites this season, going from strength to strength. The Game Brothers trying and failing to fix the toilet was amusing, and I can honestly say I would watch a whole episode of those two doing disastrous DIY. Yes, Reclia has now finished Frasier. Ah, oh, congratulations as an order for finishing Frasier, but I would so love an episode of them too, just doing DIY around the house. That'd be so good. Like the idea of maybe they're getting like a new kitchen fitted or something and they really pee off the, the fitters in like the first few minutes and they leave. And so then it, they, they have to do it themselves. Um, that would be a great setup for an episode. Um, I'd, love I'd really to like to see um, them do a, 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 like a DVD in character of the two of them like putting together like an IKEA table or something. Oh, that'd be so good. Just, that'd be so I'm a good. 45 minute special just on that. <laughs> um, lastly, we've got Ludacris Poppinger. He put great job, Will and Key, with what I pretty much agree is a lackluster two-parter. If Wasps are stealing the show, you know it's not a stellar episode up for review. Um, regarding Curasso, if I remember correctly, it's pronounced Curasso. Um, I can't remember how we pronounced it, but I don't think it was right. So I don't think it was that. It was pretty bad when we had our go. <laughs> I think maybe I said Curasso and it's Curaso. Curaso is... Yeah, that Curaso is what Ludicus Poppinger says it is, and I think that's definitely right. Um, he says at least that's how I've always heard it pronounced in bars. Uh, Ray, why so few Lilith episodes? I remember heading, reading somewhere that it was B.B. Newworth's decision not to play a bigger role as Lilith because she wasn't fully comfortable playing in a weekly sitcom. She was much more at home on Broadway. This explains a decreasing number of appearances in the last season of Cheers, as well as the divorce storyline that continued into Frasier's first seasons. I would have also loved to see more of Lilith, and in my personal post-2004 Frasier canon, they definitely do reconcile, but it sounds like it was B.B. Newirth who made that call, and let's face it, no one else could possibly play Lilith, which I think we definitely agree with. And he put, once again, gentlemen, excellent work. Thank you for all you do. Lovely comment. Um, thank you so much, Ludicrous Poppin' Jay, uh, and for everyone that wrote it this week. And I've got just a few more thanks to give out because we've had a few more donations to our coffee um, service. So for those of you who don't know, if you go to ko-fi.com slash FraserPod, you can go visit our coffee page, which is essentially a tip jar for the podcast. And you can quote, buy us a coffee. Um, just if you like an episode, you like a season we've done, or you're just feeling particularly generous, you can go over there anytime and donate. And we've got a few little uh, bonuses up there for people now. So if you donate any amount, um, I think the minimum is £3, a coffee or something like that. Any amount, you can send in a personal question or two for me and Key, and we'll answer these in an end of episode uh, special. And if you donate £10 or more, which a few people have this week, and we're going to we'll get, get to that, um, you can pick any episode of television, any film, any album, anything you want me and Key to review that isn't a Frasier episode. We will do one of those a month um, if we have that, or there might be more infrequently, depending on how often 
people donate. Um, but yeah, you can pick anything you want us to review and we'll do it. Um, so a couple of people to thank. Um, I think I've thanked everyone on the website, but I just want to go back and make sure. Uh, Lynn Robb um, for her donation. Uh, thank you so much. And I can say Lynn qualifies for the £10 plus bonus. So Lynn, make sure if you're listening that you contact us on Twitter or Reddit um, and get your idea to us, what you want us to review, and we will certainly do that. Uh, Mike, I'm not going to say his surname because I realize it might be a slight breach of um, GDPR, but I can say Mike also donated to our pledge. Um, he was one of the highest donors to our microphone pledge, and he's also donated again on this website. So insanely generous of you, Mike. Um, and you, I can say you also qualify, and I've been in contact with Mike Key, and he's been trying to think of what he wants us to review, and he's he's leaning towards a Cheers episode that heavily features Frasier, so that would be a really fun thing to review, I think. So, interesting one, yeah. yeah. And I think, I think it'll, be, um, it'll be interesting to have a slightly different dynamic, having probably not seen it. Yeah, for sure. We might time. not have even have seen the episode, or if we have, I'll only have seen it once. Um, so, yeah, really, really looking forward to whatever Mike comes up with. It, it doesn't have to be Cheers, but that's where he was leaning. Um, thank you so much for your donation, Mike. Annie, uh, who has also put her username in her brackets, and I can say this is um, Cyrodiilic Brandy, who put that really amazing review up on iTunes that I read out because of her username being Oblivion-related, which I absolutely loved. Um, Annie, thank you so much for your donation, um, and remember to get your question to us that you want us to answer, or two questions, um, in the end of season bonus. And Cam Winston also donated. Thank you so much, Hamish. I mean, Hamish sends in questions every week, as we know, but he will also be allowed to, of course, send in some questions for us to answer in our special end of season bonus. Um, but thank you so much, everyone who's donated. Um, it really means a lot. I just spoke for a long time, Key. Um, is there anything you want to say? Because I feel like I've just bored you and the listeners to death. <laughs> I was riveting stuff. Man. It really was. Um, <laughs> I've got to say the thanks, mate. You've got to get the thanks in. I want to echo really what you've said. I, I probably won't go into as much detail as well. But really, we, we really do appreciate it. And we are very grateful for um, the support and, and for the very, very generous donations from everyone. And for everyone who, you know, sends in questions and is listening, you know, it's really great to, to have this community and, and to have, you know, be able to share our love of the show with other people so thank you thank you so much absolutely um so generous thank you all next week we'll be looking at season two episode 12 which is ros in the doghouse so um i will as you know our posts on twitter and stuff and reddit they're a couple of weeks out of skew so i'll make sure you all know where to send your trivia and comments for the right episode um but other than that i've been will I've been Kay. thank you very much for listening to we're listening Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Oh my And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs Ha, 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 ha But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs